Coming up, exploring Disney's Spaceship Earth. Welcome to the CWDW Near and Far Podcast, where we explore perspectives of the Walt Disney World Resort from 10 to 1,000 miles away. I am Mike the Far in this equation. And I'm John the Near. All right, John, to this week, we are going to talk a little bit about Spaceship Earth and just go over the experience of it, the, you know, uh, the, the ride itself, the history, the future, just everything to do with Spaceship Earth. This is a totally Spaceship Earth episode. We are just dedicating the entire episode to that attraction. So we are going to start with a discussion about, uh, and, and a brief history at least, on Spaceship Earth and Spaceship Earth was created by Imagineer John Hench. He was a legendary Imagineer and artist who started with the Walt Disney Company in 1939. John, the guy, was with the company for 60 years, and he still did Imagineering at the park. Yeah, and nowadays, most people stay with a job about two years max and just jump from job to job to job, so... Although back then being an Imagineer must have been pretty amazing. So I don't think I would ever leave. Imagine creating something like Spaceship Earth. Why would you ever uh, bringing something that no one could even imagine existing into reality? That's not that's not a job I would leave. I, I agree. I mean, and he must have loved it because he was with the uh, the company for 60 years. He didn't retire until 2004. So as you can imagine, he was involved in not only some of the early animation at the studio, but also as an Imagineer, uh, just crucial to the to the creation and development of so many rides, including um, uh, Splash Mountain, uh, you know, the Haunted Mansion. Uh, I mean, the list can go on and on and on and on and on. He was many of the main iconic parks uh, Hench was involved with. And most people that are Uber Disney fans know the name John Hench. So, yeah, Disney executives probably have his name on a list of get rid of all his stuff. (laughs) Otherwise, people compare your stuff, new stuff, to how good the old stuff was. It's better. Right. I think we should probably get rid of all this stuff. But yeah, I've I've got a few pictures up here that I've never even seen before of what it looks like inside Spaceship Earth. And my goodness, that is, uh, some of these things are just amazing that, uh, you know, like the the way that it's it's just laid out, that there's an actual ride in there and how, how big that is, so. It's it's amazing, and the fact that he can he was the uh, 
project director, the design director, and worked closely with everyone, you know, the architect, the engineer, the engin- architect and engineer. The main one was a guy named Wallace Tut. He um, helped design the geodesic sphere uh, that houses the attraction. And as we're looking at these pictures, I think that's amazing that they did that framework and and actually you know, matching up all those uh, triangles and everything. Uh, it truly is like a matched up geodesic sphere made up of the the triangles of the material. I think, I'm, I don't know if it's glass. It might be plexiglass, right? Or something yeah, along not, those lines. Glass, but that would, uh, I think they'd be concerned that would break. But, but yeah, I've, I, I, I have to say, um, I, I've, I've said before when I went to Disney World, I was not a Disney movie fan. I was not a, you know, I <clears throat> I could probably count on one hand the number of Disney movies I've ever seen at that point in time and stuff. Now that I had a daughter, I've seen an awful lot of them. So things have changed. But at that time, I could not believe how impressed I was seeing Spaceship Earth and actually, you know, going inside of it 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 was really really amazing and i was just there last week and it's still amazing i find myself staring up at it just thinking i can't believe that uh you know that this actually exists so just a very impressive architectural structure so well it's really super rare for you know the main icon or weenie of a park to be an actual attraction and at that especially when epcot opened this attraction was pretty much one of the main attractions at the park it, well i dare say the main attraction it was the one that everyone was looking forward to going uh on and they put it right at the beginning of the park so you know it's um pretty cool and not only designed but where they decided to put it it was unconventional and uh and and just a really really cool uh um idea uh one of hench was also involved in um the creation of the rise elaborate sets the audio animatronic figures and the special effects and one of his most notable contributions to the entire attraction was the development of the original storyline which took guests on a journey through the history of human communication and technology. Uh, Hench worked with a team of writers and historians to create a compelling narrative that was both educational and entertaining. Yeah, that's so, another that's another part that really struck a nerve with me when I went there because uh, not only was it unbelievable to see un, an unreal experience it was literally uh, teaching me things too at the same time and i don't think there's many people left to enjoy learning but you know in this particular methodology i sure do like and it uh, i thought it was amazing so and and i know the part that's not there anymore one of my favorite parts was the downward hill where they go yeah. through the future the, the, well, this is the time i went to we'll talk about the versions but yeah i i i was at the uh 
the the version where it was a futuristic classroom, the city of the future, the communication, and you know a lot of that stuff came true too, which tells you how smart the Imagineers were. Like ba basically, they predicted FaceTime and the internet and all. It, this this ride was built before that, and they showed what it would be like and all that stuff. Um, it it came true in the end. Like I, I I think all of it did for the most part. So just amazing. Yeah, and I think you're right. And I believe when you would have experienced the attraction would have been the second version and yeah, Jeremy Irons version. Yeah, yeah, that was it. So that yeah, we'll time. we'll we'll talk about that then a little bit later. Um, you know why is this attraction so beloved um, among Disney fans? Well. The ride creates a timeless blend of education, nostalgia, design, and technology. And uh, because it is set at the main entrance of the park, it's the first thing that you really encounter, right? I mean, you can see it from the parking lot as you approach the gates. Uh, I mean, you can't miss the attraction itself you get in there and then all of a sudden you you know people call it the golf ball they call it what they what they um will but they don't you can really realize you can see it all over property too actually you can absolutely it's amazing i've already been driving down like uh, 429 the highway and i look over i can see spaceship earth in the distance uh, you go to downtown disney look off the parking garage you can see spaceship earth you know you you go to eat at the uh coronado the the restaurant on top of the uh, grand destino and there's mm -hmm. spaceship earth. it's just it's uh, pretty cool that you can see it from everywhere but. well that's what and again i i emphasize the fact that this is uh, something that you can see most parks will just put something up to grab your attention create uh space you know um give you a a certain mix of depth and in this particular case this thing's an attraction and and that's pretty pretty unique to a lot of parks so uh, i think that's a lot to do with why people uh really really uh love the attraction itself because of like you said you can see it everywhere it is an attraction it's a very good you know timeless attraction and um a lot of a lot of care put into that thing so I, you know from the standpoint of the first version john i wrote it um the original version of the attraction it, it blew me away when i was a kid um it was the first attraction in epcot i experienced uh and i just couldn't believe i mean here is an attraction a ride talking about the future talking about the past you know it, it all those things and the animatronics were so beyond anything i had seen i, I was just dazzled by it well i think that that that's why when i first went on it what caught me was the communication in the future and man like i said now it turns out they were right about most of it but at that time it was just amazing to see and like i said i i always say i miss getting excited for the future at epcot because you know 
when you were a kid and went on this, you should have gone off and said, what movie is that? I never want to write it again. Unless I already know the story and movie, I'm not interested. So. Right, but, exactly. But, and I think why it's such a great ride, too, is because it is void of intellectual property, movie mm. references. It's absolutely, positively none of that and so the only place you can enjoy spaceship earth is if you go to spaceship earth and experience it like that's <clears throat> i know now we have youtube and all that but back in the day you needed to experience it it's the only way you're ever gonna know what it is so right okay so we are going to talk about the ride experience today we're going to talk about the technology behind the attraction itself we'll go over a little bit of the history and future of spaceship earth and we'll talk about spaceship earth's impact on pop culture but first we're going to start out with the ride and that's really what everyone you know, can see with their eyes and experience, you know, so, and we are first and foremost an experienced podcast. So let's jump right into that. Uh, the ride starts with the queue, of course. And the first thing you see in the queue is the large mural on the front of the loading area. Uh, and it depicts human progress throughout history. John, you've taken a lot of pictures and video of that mural. What Oh. does that do for you what does that mean to you well for me it's mainly just nostalgic because that was there ever since the first time i went there and again it's kind of like a preview of what's coming up on the ride like it's uh it goes from cavemen to you know uh, guys in space suits floating around so and again the ride is not so much like that now as it used to be but right. it's still, I, it's close enough, I guess, that they never bothered to change it. So, and uh, yeah, I love that, uh, that, that mural. I would, I would buy that if I could, that'd be, that would look great hanging on my wall. Not the full size one, obviously, but they, yeah. just a, just the print of it would be great. You know? Like maybe one of these days at the uh, <clears throat> art festival, somebody will do that. That would be, that would be pretty cool. So. Yeah, and yeah, I've be. I've done countless videos and pictures just walking up the iconic queue, walking towards the building. As you're walking up, you can smell the spaceship Earth smell and the cool breeze of air conditioning coming out, and just you can hear the uh, the uh, narrator uh, talking about about the. Uh, ride like you can actually start to hear it right around where the mural is as you're walking in yeah right very nostalgic sound you know so. something that always stuck to me or stuck with me um approaching that mural is the fact that this attraction up until you know what five years ago was always sponsored by somebody right and i always remember Probably the majority of the time I visited Walt Disney World, it was sponsored by Siemens, but it was in, it was sponsored by a lot of other companies over the years. Um, Siemens is something that really strikes me because I used to do uh, work at a company for them. So it, it always, you know, I, it was a familiar logo. Let's just say that. 
Uh, all right, once we get past the mural, we enter the boarding area where the guests board the ride vehicles, um, which are supposed to be time machines. They're small two-person cars. Um, and really, it's just like it's a train of cars, let's face it. So, I mean, while where you enter is two persons, there's somebody behind you, too, in that same ride vehicle. So... Uh, you travel along yeah, it's a, a track. It's a great Omni. Yeah, it's an Omni mover. Yeah, it's a great Omni. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah, and the cars are equipped with audio systems that allow guests to hear the narration. Um, as the vehicle enters the pre-show area, you're asked on a screen in front of you to answer a few questions. A picture is taken. Um, and that will come into play later on. Uh, from this boarding area, we go on to the pre-show. Now, John, this pre-show has changed many times over the years. And as of right now, uh, it's basically just the uh, video screen with the cavemen um, fighting off a mammoth or fighting a mammoth. And the point of that when it comes to communication is Dame Judy Dench, the current narrator, um, so eloquently puts it, is that this is how communication really began amongst early man uh, on the hunt. And it allowed for these early people to hunt as groups. And that's really the point of this video. Uh, what do you think of the video? the screen and it, it always seems kind of dark to me. Well, lately, and this is the last few times I've done it. I, <clears throat> I don't know if it's, you know, I'm always recording things. And lately I have been able to see the screen like uh, hmm. this recording that's on the screen right now is from like 2020. I, I haven't done a, a wide for format one in years. <clears throat> but with my new iPhone, or I think the iPhone 13, they turned up the uh, screen enough and the uh, iPhone compensates enough that I've been able to see it really well lately, you know, and you'll see it. And right now on the screen, you can't see it at all. Can't see it. it. This is what you're talking about. This yeah. is what it looked like for a long time. But I do think it's been like that there I can make out a mammoth. But um, it, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely hard to see. And a lot of times I would ride this ride after, uh, you know, in the middle of a hot summer day on vacation. And by the time you get here, your eyes are not adjusted enough. Well, if you're old like me, your eyes will not adjust that quickly. So uh, it makes it a little harder to see. Right. I, I do love the fact that they kind of have the mists of time, you know, there on the screen and everything. But uh, I, I I wish that maybe it was lit up a little bit better. If it is currently, great. I think it is. I yeah. think it's been adjusted a little bit. Because <clears throat> like I said, I have some video of it that is really clear. So, like, strangely clear. Like <laughs> Yeah, I mean, earlier versions of this particular part of the um, attraction, 
had a little more detail and, you know, had some more um, other figures through time and uh, maybe were a little less specific on early communication and um, kind of previewed the ride itself. But um, anyways, once we get past the hunt on the screen, we travel to ancient civilizations. The ride takes guests back in time to the dawn of civilization, where we see scenes of ancient communication systems such as hieroglyphics and cave paintings. We see audio animatronic figures of famous historical figures such as the Phoenician sailor and the Greek philosopher. On the screen right now is the cave paintings that we see on the attraction to start out this section. And then we travel on to Egypt and Phoenicia. Yeah. A little side note during the most recent update, they added uh, animation to the cave paintings. So I thought that that was a cool little touch where they used to have the, the people making cave paintings. And now if you look closely, you'll see the, paintings moving around and then freezing again. And I thought that was a cool little addition they did at that time. That is cool. Um, this is where we also experienced the famous line about the alphabet, you know, thank the uh, Phoenicians, yeah. you know, yeah. people making t-shirts and all kinds of stuff with that. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I post a video, I get out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you thank them as you go by? Do you say thank you? And, yeah, that's because you're filming, John, when you're yeah. going by there. <laughs> All right, then we travel to the Middle Ages section. The ride continues through the Middle Ages where guests see scenes of medieval communication, including the invention of the printing press by Johannes Gutenberg. We see audio animatronic uh, figures of historical figures such as Da Vinci. Now, after the Phoenician scene, and that's what we see on the screen right now, we're still kind of traveling from ancient civilization to the new, um, the Middle Ages. You you do have that Greek section. You have uh, Rome and, you know, everything that happened in Rome, including, I believe, the Rome is burning scene, right? So I, I missed the... Uh... Jeremy Irons one where he said like north, south, east, and west, all roads led to Rome. And you, you could see the little carriages back in the background all rolling, rolling around. So Yeah, that was yeah. and then next is the uh, burning one, which is the iconic smell. So right. again, uh if they ever get rid of that smell, it's gonna be such a such a loss, but yeah, I totally agree. Um, I actually uh, have several candles that actually that have that smell, or try and mimic that smell a little bit. And um, I, I just I love that part of the ride. And I also love how afterwards um, it talks about how some of the writings were saved, you know, by uh, different cultures so we were able to um, still have some of those things recovered and you see a lot of those scenes on the attraction as we're looking on the screen right now um, you see here monks you know writing script and i'm assuming maybe even the you know pages of the bible but here we are now traveling to the middle ages where we see the printing press 
Gutenberg's well, printing press. I always wondered, though, it was probably from people standing up. They used to have a hidden Mickey on the monk that, that was asleep and with the pen in his hand. On that page, there would be a hidden Mickey on the page. And I, I, I bet a lot of people stood up, like trying to see it. And eventually they're like, we just got to get rid of that because we're not putting lap bars on this thing. You know? Right. <laughs> we are um and this part of the video we are also seeing uh some of the artists da vinci is here uh you know this is this is the point where you know the here that we see the painting in the sistine chapel and the thing about this ride is as we go through the ages did you have you ever noticed everything really speeds up it keeps getting faster and faster and faster as if time is jumping forward you know yeah just like real life it tends to get faster the further you go so. right exactly all right from the middle ages we progress through the Renaissance, which is where the paintings were. The ride takes guests through the Renaissance, where they see scenes of scientific and artistic innovations of the period. They also see the animatronic figures of famous historical figures, such as Michelangelo and Galileo. On the screen now, uh, we are traveling through the Industrial Revolution. The ride continues into the Industrial Revolution where guests see scenes of technological advancements such as the steam engine, the telegraph. They also see animatronic figures of famous historical people such as Thomas Edison. Yeah, the guy in the radio booth used to have a, a cigarette in his hand too. And I oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, and now he's holding a pen like he's got a cigarette talking with it. So. Right. Oh, yeah, that, this is always my favorite scene too with the uh, '70s living room because yeah, and and Conqueror, uh Walter Conkright or what's his name, Walter whatever yeah, you know, Conkrunker, and that is the beginning of the space age right there, where the ride takes guests through the space age, where they see scenes of space exploration and technological advancements. Such as, as we saw in the living room, the Apollo moon landing, which, by the way, reminds me of Carousel Progress quite a bit. Um, and the invention of the personal computer, which is what we are seeing on screen right now. Now, this is not Steve Jobs or anyone involved with Microsoft. Apparently, this character is called the thinker. I found that in my research. I don't know if you knew that, John, but they call him the thinker. And if you are able to see his face, which modern day you can't see his face too well, he's actually making a lot of expressions as he's looking at his computer. So as we travel through the space age, we enter future world. The ride concludes with a look towards the future where guests see scenes of technological advancements and innovations that have yet to come. By using the information provided at the beginning of the ride, along with the picture taken, you get to participate in almost a, a gamification of uh, that, that pops up on the screen. So you get to tailor your experience more or less with different options on the screen. They take your information and they give you uh, an experience based on some future technologies. 
before we get to that, though, as you have on screen here, John, and this is where your, you know, the part that you talked about, I believe, right, that you really liked towards the end, um, you yeah, you see, I I I I always appreciated a planetarium, and that's basically when you get to the the peak here, you are looking up at the inside of the. Uh, the spaceship earth and it it they have stars and the earth projected up there and it has such a planetarium feel and i know you know not everybody appreciates the planetarium but for me i just find that amazing like i i love the pinnacle where spaceship earth and you get to look back at it and uh I did. I did kind of like the older versions though. I've I've never been on it, but I listened a lot to, I think Tomorrow's Child version, mm -hmm. and they they would have like spaceships or something like planets like projected on the walls, like they used to do more in here. I think I've never been on it at that time, but I'm sure you have. I was. I don't really remember a lot about it, but I seem to remember in this scene, and again, I always thought of it as like a moonscape, you know, is kind of what it reminds you of um, as you're looking up at Earth and the projection on the inside of the sphere. Um, I always kind of thought it was the moon, like you were on the moon looking up and you got to see all these, you know, the cosmos more or less. And it, it, almost tried to make you think about what your place was in the cosmos you know as somebody as a child who really loved thinking about moon bases and going to mars and things like that you know the promise of our generation that's what we were promised you know and um i i used to think about that a lot and that part of the attraction really reminded me of that so yeah, and, and this is the part of the attraction here where you do see the screen stuff. And lately, that stuff doesn't really work too well. <laughs> you know, sometimes it takes your picture, sometimes it doesn't. I think when we wrote it together the one time, it took your picture, but I was some weird, like, I don't know, weird person or something like that and uh, alongside so all it was was like a yeah. partial video of your face or something like that and, and just be a, a cartoon yeah. character this technology did not age that well it really did no. um it was pretty cool at first but within no time at all i mean i could pick up my phone now and well just look at like what tiktok filters can do yeah, this thing looks shameful compared to that. Like my my wife looked through a filter the other day, and it it set everybody on fire in the picture. And I'm like, it, and it looks so realistic. I'm like, I can't believe what a simple TikTok filter could do. And when you compare that to this, I'm like, man, they could do so much with this. And they're, you know, they have a jagged cut out of your face and like a stick figure. Oh, so I don't even know what this one looks like. Uh, probably nobody, if it's me. I, I try to put my head down if I'm recording at that time. So, yeah, see? Yeah. I don't have any uh, person for mine. But but the, 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 these things are interesting, though. I always like the one with the living room with the actual 
a pond in the living room and the little bridge going over it. And I don't know why. I, I, I love the idea of growing grass on my living room floor and having a real pond in the house. I'm sure it wouldn't be as as great as what it looks like, but it sure does look cool, though. I, I, I like the idea of it. Yeah, my thinking always is that it kind of they're they're reaching for the Jetsons motif, you know. But I really like um, as he just showed when he's in his little Jetsons car, he kind of makes a motion around the mirror or around the window of the car, and it brings up a screen, you know. And you know, it's it's pretty much the way it is now without drawing the screen. You know, the screen is there. You're just not talking to somebody while your car is self driving. Well, unless you have a tesla i guess <laughs> but uh in any case john the the thing that was kind of ahead of its time in my opinion was the gamification thing because everyone likes everything gamified nowadays and mm -hmm. they were ahead of that curve a little bit on this ride um after we are through this part of the attraction we go into a post show this is after we leave the ride vehicle and you make your way towards the exit you can either exit right through this post-show area but or or play games and experience the interactive exhibits which is what is in there and um it really features uh, some modern advances in communication along with um just illustration uh, when we rode this together, we actually tried that uh, skeleton thing or whatever it was where we were putting the organs in the body and and all that. I don't know if you remember that. but Yeah, I always enjoyed that particular one. And the games aren't bad, but again, they, uh, they aged very quickly, though. Like, yeah. they were pretty cool. They were fun. And now I feel like you could do so much better. Like like I said, I always compare it to apps on your phone. Like if you're gonna do do something, it's got to be a little bit better than what you what a uh, eight year old could pull up on their phone. And yeah, you know, so. and <laughs> right. I you know it's hard to keep up now, but yeah, I mean really the technology they're using, you see better technology on a cheap leapfrog tablet nowadays, right? So. I mean, you know, you're right on on uh, the kid part of it, but uh, still, it's interesting to stop and maybe look at and experience a little bit. Uh, um, it it doesn't hold up for multiple uh, tries, though. I think. No, like I said, the one that, that that we played is one of the more fun ones, where because it's 3D and you're trying to. You're right. trying to learn the depth of where to drop the things and, you know. Yep, yep. It's pretty, it's a pretty, uh, pretty cool, pretty cool uh, part of it. And I never played the one on the floor that's like a shuffleboard, but it's a, you're, you're playing with lights and sensors, but a lot of people seem to like that one too. Yeah, I haven't messed with that too much. Um, let's discuss the animatronics just briefly, John. Um, there are over 50 animatronics on the attraction. Some of those animatronics have been in operation for over 30 plus years. Uh, in my research, I found that a lot of these uh, animatronics have been recycled from other attractions. Um, and many of the animatronics that haven't been recycled are cast faces of 
cast members, you know, the employees that work for the company, they're, they're real people. <laughs> so they're, they're cast faces, yeah. but you I know, actually, they're no, go ahead. Oh, I actually heard that, that they, that they reuse casting for, I forget who, like certain presidents and things like that yeah. too. And they, and they, said once you see it you can unsee it so i'm like oh, luckily <laughs> yeah. i i haven't had that problem yet because i don't look that close but yeah i completely agree um i actually know where a few of them are i think there's a teddy roosevelt one in there somewhere but yeah some of the animatronics have been recycled from Disneyland even. And, um, some of the attractions, they, they're, they come from the Hall of Presidents, the American Adventure and Carousel Progress. In fact, there's a Ben Franklin animatronic on there, believe it or not. See if you can figure out which one that is. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to either. <laughs> I think I know which one it is, though, unfortunately, so I can't unsee that every time I go through there. But with that said, a lot of times animatronics get older and they can't function um, according to what the the attraction is that they are intended. And so they repurpose them and put them on Spaceship Earth or other rides where they can actually function for what they need them to function for on that particular attraction. And that's what they do here a lot of times, but 30 plus years, you want to talk about a, a great hardy technology that these things have been running for 30 years. Some of them, you know, you know what the problem is though. I just heard that. Uh, I just heard a rumor that, that all of the animatronics are being taken out of uh splash mountain because they don't want the they 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 want to replace them with new electric motor ones mm -hmm. because there's much less maintenance to do with it so it's like an ongoing cost thing and my issue is this may be the next ride they look at to be like we could save a lot of money let's gut all the animatronics and Re replace them with limited motion electric motor ones because you know you could have a guy with his hand up and it just goes like this or so it's like hey that's an animatronic right you don't need elaborate animatronics that move hu hu human like you can replace it with cheaper ones so i heard mm. that's what they're doing and then they said there's going to be dozens of uh, new animatronics on uh, Splash Mountain, but I heard, you know, most of them are going to be like critters where you're, there's going to be like a rabbit there and it's eyes will blink or something. I'd be like, there's, there, there's one. And they said the same thing about Rise of the Resistance. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. And they, they, they consider like all those stormtroopers to be, well, look, there's a hundred animatronics. It's like, do any of them move? Well, one or two like go like this or click or something. Like it's like, that's it. It's like mm. extremely limited electronic motor movement, which is cool. But again, replacing the uh, hydraulic ones that were made or originally, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you can make one just as good with, uh, with electric motors, but man, I don't think they're gonna, I don't think that's the plan. So Boy, I hope that's lucky. wrong. 
Yeah. I and again, the next place they're going to look is right here. They're going to say, wait a minute, Spaceship Earth is loaded. And it takes a lot of uh, maintenance to keep up on these old animatronics. We need to get rid of them. Yeah. So, again, I think that may be a trend of the future. So, Boy, I sure hope not. Uh, I'm okay with electric if it looks the same. Yeah. But yeah, the thing is... Yeah, you need electric for the new ones. So I, I understand yeah. it, but... I mean, I, there's something about those hydraulics, though, that I think make semi-real-looking motions. You know what I mean? So, well, I think that's part of the smell of some of these rides too. That's so yeah. cool. Like it's the you know they're it, you don't realize what the nostalgic smell is made of. Some of it is probably uh, the fluid that's going inside yeah. the animatronics to keep them going. <laughs> Yeah, well, if you're ever messing around with your car and smell a certain familiar smell, you know that's the, <laughs> that could be it. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. I, I mean, that is. I think that is part of the you know part of the deal. <laughs> that is part of the smell. All right, let's talk a little bit about the technology behind the attraction. Again, as we said earlier, it is an Omni Mover. The vehicles use the Omnimover system, which is a continuous chain of vehicles that move at a constant speed. The Omnimover system allows for a smooth, seamless ride experience. That That's debatable, by the way. With yeah, guests. sometimes it's yeah. <laughs> with, I really love the Omnimovers, though. I don't know why. I, I do, them. too. Everywhere totally. they use, use them, I'm, I just love it. I don't know. Well, what's great is about Omnimover and this next part um, – is that it's continuous loading and it's continuous moving. So, you know, it's it's slow enough and easy enough to enter the, the ride as it's moving quick in and out of that and, um, you know, helps with the crowds and stuff. And, yeah, I, I like the Omnimover system quite a bit myself too, John. Yeah, so uh, the next technology I've listed here is advanced lighting. The Spaceship Earth ride system features advanced lighting technology that creates a variety of immersive and dynamic environments. And as we're watching this um, attraction, they really did put a lot of care into how they light up the uh, animatronics and light up the scenes to try and direct your attention. You know, it's it's immersive because it's part of the storytelling. And man, I love that. Really here I, I mean, too, you know, look at this Roma's burning scene. I don't think I ever really thought about that because you, you just take it for granted that it feels so immersive but the lighting has a huge effect on that. Without with with improper lighting, none of this stuff it wouldn't look real at all. Right. And yeah. The the realism that the lighting helps create that is uh, that is something that you just uh, normal people like me just don't think about it. You know. Yeah, I mean, I never thought about it till I started doing research uh, for the ride itself, and as we watched the you know the ride through here the point of view it is a main part i mean it creates the atmosphere right john it, it, it's yeah, that's oh, what it yeah. does um the next technology or advanced technology is the audio technology uh the ride system features an audio system that delivers clear and crisp sound throughout the attraction 
it is also synchronized with the ride vehicle and the audio animatronics as well to create a seamless and immersive experience. Now, as you watch videos or as you experience the cell, the, the ride itself, you can definitely hear, um, Dame Judy Dench in front of you, right? And behind you. But what's really cool is it's not too distracting, right? I mean, the, yeah. the audio and the speaker itself is directed in such a way and understated in such a way that it's personal to you. So it, that definitely enhances the uh, ride itself. And also, as you're going by each scene, you know, at some point that has to reset, right? But it doesn't, it loops in a very uh, immersive way, you know, the sounds that come from each scene. Right, so, right here is the paper boy saying extra, extra, read right. all about it. He, he's back there. I was going to say the, the one that always sticks in my head too is the Rome scene because I took like six years of Latin. And to hear somebody speaking like basically a dead language is really cool. Like they, they if you listen close going by that a Roman soldier or whatever is literally talking to somebody and he's just talking and talking and his hands moving. And I'm like, really, really cool little extra thing, you know, that yeah. you don't really think about. But man, I, I, I always appreciated that. Yeah, it is cool. And, and they, you know, they didn't cut the language, right? I mean, they stuck to it. So that, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, the next technology is the geodesic sphere itself. The sphere is a structure that is made up of a series of triangles, as we saw earlier. Uh, in the exoskeleton, right? Or, or I guess, interskeleton of the uh, attraction. It is a series of triangles that are connected to each other. Triangles are arranged in such a way that they form a strong and stable structure. So the geodesic sphere is the largest of its kind in the world and is one of the most iconic structures at Epcot. I'm going to strike that because I think it is the most iconic structure at Epcot. And it's maybe one of the most iconic structures in any Disney park, in my opinion. So if you see an outline of this attraction, you know exactly what it is. I was going to say, if I were somebody like Bill Gates, I would stop wasting my money and I would build in the world's, the, the new world's largest geodesic sphere. And that'd be my house. It would be a gigantic one, uh, many times bigger than this, so just because I can. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he would certainly use it as some kind of mind control device or something. Yeah, for him it would be an evil lair of some sort. <laughs> I would do, I would try to make it just because it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next and final technology uh, advancement is the projection technology. Um, projection definitely goes uh, hand in hand with lighting. But in this particular case, we're talking about projecting images onto walls and the ceiling of the spaceship Earth, as we are seeing right now on our screen, the projection of the planet and our, our planet Earth, along with stars. Um, the projection technology is a powerful tool that can be used to create immersive and engaging experiences as it does in this attraction. 
Okay, so now we're going to talk a little bit about the history and future of Spaceship Earth. One of the differences between the ride in the past has been the narrators. Uh, that has been the biggest, most notable thing in most people's minds. The attraction has featured several different narrators over the years, including Walter Cronkite, Jeremy Irons, and the most recent version, Dame Judi Dench. Each narrator has brought their own style and perspective to the attraction, resulting in slightly different interpretations of the ride's message. And that's interesting because each one of these, if you listen to them, they are different. This is not, each narrator has a different script, a different delivery. It's just different. So some people actually prefer the Walter Cronkite version. You, John, has mentioned the Jeremy Irons version. Um, I really like uh, Dame Judi Dench. I don't remember a lot of the Walter, Walter Cronkite when I was younger. I do remember hearing Walter Cronkite in the attraction when I was younger um, because we had talked about it. My, my parents and I had talked about who that was. But um, I really like Judy Dench's voice, and so I, I kind of like the recent version. I did like the Jeremy Irons version as well, though. No, I, I think you're wrong there. <laughs> you like Irons, the Jeremy. It's such an iconic voice, the way, he, <clears throat> the way he does it all. It's just, it's just good, so... I, yeah, and, but that could be because it was the first one I heard. But for me, though, it's still the best. I really like. It. Yeah, I love Jeremy Irons um, as an actor, and I do love his voice. But uh, yeah, I really, I do like the current version. I have to admit that. Um, as far as the scenes, they have changed uh, over the years. The original. Uh, attraction itself focused primarily on the history of communication technology. Newer versions of the ride have added scenes that focus on different aspects of human history, such as art, literature, and culture. John, this is where um, I believe with the Jeremy Irons version, the ending of the ride is significantly different. I know the um, part where they're in the living room and the there's like there's different scenes towards the end of the attraction. Most of the beginning or at least the middle parts of the attraction have been fairly consistent over the years. The beginning and the end are really where I remember the largest differences. Yeah, the end, I feel like... Uh... They cut the budget or something. Or no, they, they, they decided to do this screen instead. And I heard they simply put up black curtains all around. And yeah. most of that stuff is still back there. They just oh my goodness. put black curtains up and said to look at the screen now instead. And again, the screen is nice. But I really did uh, love the uh, future of what it was. And I, and I know the future is already here for that. So it wouldn't make sense. But... I would like an update that goes even further into the future. I can't think of what, but I couldn't have thought of it back then e either, but the Imagineers did. So, you know, like I would love to see some kind of weird AI future, you know, like, like something that we can't think of. And that would be really, really cool to see, but 
It, Black it curtains would be. Are nice too. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, the beginning of the attraction used to have a preview of the ride itself. You know, it wasn't the mammoth scene. I believe there were different historic figures that were presented on that screen at one time. And again, I'm just going by memory. And I remember reading a little bit of that in my research. So um, as far as uh, technology, that has definitely advanced and changed through the years. The ride has incorporated more advanced audio animatronic figures. Um, the lighting effects have changed over the years a bit and, and have improved uh, the projection systems as well. The current version of Spaceship Earth features gamification at the end that we're actually looking at on the screen now. Um, and it creates a finale, uh, a final scene in which guests can see themselves experiencing their own future using technologies new and future technologies that is and that's only when the picture takes properly at the beginning of the attraction <clears throat> i think it actually looks better with when your picture's not taken as you can yeah say. with the cartoons i, I kind weird, of agree a weird static cut out of your face hovering is kind of weird but yeah, I don't get that decision to put your face in that because it never looked good. But, I mean, it brought a little bit of lightness, I guess, to the attraction, maybe. That might have something to do with it. Um, there is a future to Spaceship Earth. Um, actually, a shelved future now. There was a version that was promised during one of the recent D33 meetings. I believe that was where it was at, right, John? Where they talked about a new... D23. D23. I'm sorry, D23. That's the uh, difference. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm thinking don't Club worry, 33, don't you know. Worry. Bob Iger found $17 billion to spend in the future. Yeah. You can't really do anything with Epcot. Epcot's just got to... It's got to stay how it is. So yeah. But yeah, don't worry, he have, and he's definitely not going to cut any of that stuff. No, no. Um, they have shelved, um, shelved the the future version of Spaceship Earth. They were going to change it into a more storytelling version of the attraction and um, perform several other updates. What it looked like to me was it was largely going to become a screen-based ride with less animatronics. But that's just what the early concept looked like. I was not crazy about the storytelling junk because you know that means the the IP was going to be thrown in there. Well, so I didn't see any IP, but during the Epcot experience, I would watch that a lot. And the the screen that they would show, it showed people from all over the world telling stories. And to me, it really screamed animal kingdom and i was like and it wasn't it, it, it was just the feel of it they used a lot of greenery a lot of trees and then they'd use just people like outdoors telling stories by fires telling stories like it was like the history of stories and i'm like I, again i hope it it, it might have been good but honestly i was like thank goodness for uh, the unknown virus so we could stop this one. That was this. I think the one good thing that came out was, based on the plans that I saw for it, it looked like they put 
Christmas lights on some of the stuff and said, look, we made it new. Yeah. It's like, just leave it alone at that point if you're going to make it worse, you know? Yeah. So I'm... Hopefully, hopefully in the future, they'll come up with a better idea that makes more sense and put it there. But yeah. I, I mean, if they want to add uh, in a, a part or, or make the ride about storytelling and tie in the fact that that was early communication, particularly in Africa, Asia, places like that, Russia, you know, those places, uh, even the Middle East where, you know, communication was really um, through story. You know, that I could get that. I, I'm like not sure that's where they were a, going, though. Inside of a geodesic sphere, though. In yeah. And what I can't help but think of future world, I'm like, I'm like, it, it just did not, just did not feel right to me. I'm like, yeah. this is not, this is not like, I don't know. It, it, again, it's hard for me to, to disconnect the future world part of it. And, you know, put some old guy in there telling you a story about something and a dot bouncing around. I'm like, that sounds awesome at another park. Yes. At yeah. Epcot inside of a, the world's largest geodesic sphere in a place that's always been about the future, technology, human advancement. Let's just talk about stories. Yeah, stories are fun. I like right. stories. It's like, what about the future? Yeah. We don't want to talk about that, but we can talk about some stories. I'm like, I just, I did not, I was not a fan of it. And um, again, thank goodness uh, they ran out of money for that. But, you know, they've yeah. got it for a lot of other stuff, but they ran out of it for Spaceship Earth and Epcot in general. Just they ran out of money for that. So, Well, I'm okay yeah. with them leaving it alone. Uh, I, I I enjoy the ride as is right now. So um, it could use some updates, let's face it. But oh, uh, yeah, I would love them to just update the end, like uh, take the curtains down and put something cool up there. You don't have to spend a huge amount of money, but um, just make the end a little different. Uh, get rid of the screen thing. It was fun while we had it, but you know, Siemens doesn't sponsor it anymore. Right. And it's only going to get worse and worse with age but the rest of it though you know you don't have to change a thing up until um the the descent is the only thing i would fix you know go mm -hmm. behind those curtains and uh, do a little bit of work and i think it'd be great yeah as it is right now a lot of it's just wasted you know opportunity right i mean there's yep. a long descent there with doing nothing you know looking at some lights dangling from the ceiling so um our final segment is about spaceship earth's impact on popular culture and believe it or not there has been an impact on popular culture uh it is one of the most iconic attractions at walt disney world so it makes sense that it would have appeared in numerous films and television shows and been featured in other media. The attraction's message of hope and unity has resonated with people all over the world. It's been praised for its educational value, which is important, John. I think we don't have a lot of educational attractions, and um, obviously the culture has responded to that. I don't know. Guardians of the Galaxy teaches you an awful lot about the about 
a world that doesn't even exist. Like they, they tell you about how they produce energy and farming, how they feed the people, where their universities are. I mean, they go into detail on that ride, but none of it's real. I know. It, it's edu- it does feel like Epcot, though. I'm like, man, I'm learning something about a place that doesn't exist. I'm like, man, I don't know. It just makes me highly suspicious as to, do they know something I don't know about <laughs> our future? We don't have one? I'm like, what? Well, um, I think I, they... I hope we do, but uh, man, this is it's getting weird. There's a reason why it's a geodesic sphere, John. There's a portal underneath it created by that sphere that takes you to another world. Oh. <laughs> yeah, That's I'm where the idea go. came from. <laughs> so... Uh, it has um, the ability to inspire visitors to think about the future of our planet um, through technology. And that's exactly what you were talking about earlier, John, is that, you know, the attraction itself inspires people, you know, to think about technology, the future, things of that nature. I don't know that storytelling would do that. No, the stories stories are made up in the past. You know, they're yep. they are good. They're important for the Disney company, but I don't know. Bob Chapek said it's going to be more Epcot than ever. More yeah. Epcot. It's like I don't think he knew what that was. I don't think he did. I don't either. think Iger does either. So I don't. Think I don't either. Matter. He's. Yeah. Iger says, "What movie is Epcot from?" And yeah. again, we know what movies. We could tell them, but it was there before the movies, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, Spaceship Earth has also been used as a symbol of the space age. It was built in the 1980s at a time when the world was fascinated by space exploration. The attraction's design and its use of audio animatronics helped to capture the public's imagination. That is something that's missing in the attraction, John, is the space age itself. While there is a section called the space age it's mostly just walter cronkite on a tv screen looking at the moon landing and that's what the end should be see we we figured it out it should be elon musk colonizing mars us finally doing something real on the moon and again at this rate it'll be future forever because we don't seem to be in any hurry to ever go back for any reason so uh if we ever went at all at this point, but it, it, that 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 would stay futuristic for a long time. So yeah, we thought about it. We finally figured it out. Make the end about space travel and maybe some futuristic Disney version of of going to Mars. You know, like everybody's in their hypersleep chambers and this and that. It's like another twenty years, it might be real, and we'll be like they did it again. Spaceship yeah. Earth. There's the future, you know. Call e- Elon Musk in and see what this stuff's going to look like. He'd probably have fun doing that, you know. He probably would. That, that, that would be an interesting thing. He probably would. Although right, right now with Disney and all their political stance nonsense, most companies are going to just back away and being like, "We just don't want to get involved right now." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Again, 
I'm sure they wouldn't disagree with Disney, but they just don't want to get involved. And that's a lot of people are like that. Well, that's what it amounts to. And you're right. A lot of those companies don't disagree with the stances that they may be taking. Mm. They, they may feel the same way. And, and, but the response from guests, from, you know, from the media, from society at large, from the government. Um, they always say, don't talk about politics and religion. And religion, That's right. When you're, when you're not among family or whatever, it's like, and uh, I think uh, they talked about politics and they are a religion they're turning into. So it's getting to be a double-edged sword for them. Disney's getting to be a weird cult-like religion of they can do no wrong. Anything they do, I love. It's like, I don't yeah. think that ends well either. So. No, I don't <clears> think so We either. all need to be in the middle. I, you you got to watch what's uh, what the content is in some of those Joffrey's drinks. So just watch. <laughs> watch out. <laughs> all right. So today, Spaceship Earth is still a popular attraction. Well, Disney World, it is a reminder of our shared history and our common future. It's a symbol of hope and unity, and it continues to inspire visitors from all over the world. And that's why they need to change it. <laughs> Got to tell stories. Hope, hope, hope makes people discontent with their current situation and yeah. can cause problems later. Yeah. You don't want people hoping too much. Yeah, that's right. Forget about hope. Remember the past. Distract yourself with a story. That's better. That's right. For some societies, which I guess is ours now too. So. I guess. Yep. The the uh, as long as you can dance to it nowadays, I guess, sir. Well, I don't know. Yeah. So the attraction was featured in the 1994 film The Rocketeer. It was also featured in the 2004 film The Incredibles, which I actually don't remember seeing it in The Incredibles. I don't but I guess it's it either. I've seen that yeah. movie several times. Yeah, um, the attraction has been referenced in numerous television shows, including The Simpsons, Family Guy, and The Office. I've seen it there. Yeah. It has also been featured in music videos such as Spaceship Earth by Al City. I have no idea who Al City is. I've never seen that video. Uh, it might be something made up for all I know. I've heard of Owl City. They have like these weird songs and stuff. Like when my daughter was a little kid, uh, I had to listen to a couple songs of theirs. But since then, I, I never seen a video though. Yeah, I I haven't either. Um, Spaceship Earth has even been used as a symbol of the United States in foreign films such as The Host. Now I saw The Host. It is a horror movie. I do not remember seeing this in that movie. So it might have been on a, you know, tchotchke or something for all I know, or a pen. Yeah. Or even a reference somewhere. Yeah. Or something. Who knows? something like that. Um, the geodesic sphere has become a symbol of Epcot and one of the most recognizable weenies, which is what they call, you know, those things that attract your eyeballs for depth and perspective in a park of the disney parks all right john so in conclusion do you have any final thoughts on they need to, they need to come up with a, a new word for uh, weenies because yeah because uh, nowadays you know, it's, nowadays it, things are just too weird out there to be uh, telling everybody to look at weenies it's like, yeah. 
Especially don't say that anymore. Just we've got to be really, really careful saying that because you live in Florida and the governor may may come after you for that. Right. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So we went over the the ride itself john we went over the past and present and the future of the ride the pop culture the technology one one thing that really strikes me john is john hench the fact that the man had been with the company for so long and been involved in so many things he was intimately involved in this attraction in my opinion this is probably one of his masterpieces yeah it really is and I just want to mention that I, I I haven't been going to the parks as much lately, and I'm getting a little bit uh, going through a disinterested time in the theme parks, I guess, for me. I'm sure it's only temporary, but I can tell you I've lived here for close to six years now, and I vacationed here two or three times a year before that, and I have never gotten sick of Spaceship Earth yet, and I'm still not. I, this is like our third time playing it on the screen and I'm still, I'm just, I've never gotten bored of it and I always enjoyed it. And uh, it's, I think one of the best, most unique rides all of all of Disney world. So. I, I would agree with that, John. I think that's a, a great way of putting it. Um, I, I believe timeless is the word for this attraction. Yeah. And um, I, Every time that I am at Epcot, I can honestly say that I can only think of one time I did not ride this attraction while I was at Epcot. And it, was, it wasn't it was because of the plans. It was because I had to get on Guardians of the Galaxy very late in the night. And um, this uh, Spaceship Earth was going to finish my night. And uh, because the ride broke down a couple times, this was when um, Cosmic Rewind was new. Uh, I was not able to experience Spaceship Earth on that trip. It felt like a piece was missing from that trip. I still feel <laughs> like a piece was missing from that trip because I did not get to experience Spaceship Earth. Um, it, it just didn't feel complete. Even riding a new ride like Cosmic Rewind. So um, I, I vowed to never uh, go to Epcot again without riding this attraction other than, say, if it's shut down for refurb. For me, it was always the last ride I would do on my vacation. Like, if we had, like, a half day or something, like, I would, it, there'd be no question. I want to go to Epcot, and before I go back to Pennsylvania, I ride on, one more ride on Spaceship Earth. It's a great last attraction, so unique, so memorable, uh, special. I was like, so that that was always my thing. Yep, I totally get that totally get that that's what i was gonna do in that particular instance all right john so that concludes this episode uh this conversation on spaceship earth on our next episode we're gonna stay in epcot and we're actually going to discuss horizons i know that's something that you've been looking forward to as well for yeah. quite a while talking about horizons 
So uh, I am looking forward to it, too. It was always one of my favorite attractions. It's always very popular amongst Disney fans. And there is plenty to talk about with that attraction. All right, John, where can they find you online? You can find me at c.wdw on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, c.uo on Instagram and Facebook. I think that's about it. All right, and you can find me at the giant rat, T H E E giant rat, on Instagram, on TikTok, and on YouTube. And let me just add that uh, we would appreciate a five star review on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to this podcast, and a thumbs up on YouTube and all that good stuff. That helps get the podcast out there and helps us get some eyeballs on this thing. And it uh, helps us know that you appreciate these episodes. And um, if you want to leave a comment about what your experience has been like with Spaceship Earth, what you like, what you don't like, what you hope for in the future, please do so. All right, that should do it for this episode. We will see you on the next one.